Welcome to Book of Engin. It's Sunday. It is however the week it is for the staying in place. Um, last week was pretty good. Uh, more work. Also some organization was done in the household. I would like to thank all of you who tuned in and listened to the previous episode. I really appreciate the attendance and if you like to hear more about this please uh, subscribe or hit the bell and also if you would help me spread the love and either joy or a thought if you would like to uh, share these links that you approve or completely disapprove I would be ever so gr- grateful. My name is Engin Yeshiyamish and I am the uh, author of Book of Engin. Welcome again. Uh, this week uh, I became a fan of our new uh, press secretary and she's crushing it and the the impressive part about her if you look at her resume she is Miss Perfect or Mrs. Perfect. I believe she's married and uh, she is married to a baseball, professional baseball player, a pitcher. And imagine the amount of discipline the household has. Like this, this lady is first in class in everything she has ever attended as far as her academic career goes. And she's a lawyer. So she's a great debater. She can control a room or an argument. And here's another thing. She arrives prepared. She arrives prepared. Any question um, regarding the Trump administration, she is ready. She's ready to rock and roll. And she just serves, man. She just serves. The reason I became a fan of her not because obviously she's wonderful in what she does and really, really well versed. Um, the genius of, uh, I'm just going to say maybe Trump, because Trump is a businessman. He's not necessarily, he didn't, I don't believe Trump arrived to where he, he, he is by learning everything. He arrived to everything by numbers, which means, let's say, uh, our current press press secretary, she has an incredible resume, first in class in everything she has done, and she's a lawyer. Why would you not hire her as your press secretary? Because essentially what a press secretary does is to defend you or your administration in this uh, political setting. So, of course, now it's her job to defend and uh, and answer questions. The beauty of uh, wealth, the beauty of having access to a lot of money, if I had a lot of money, I would have also hired, I would have a standby lawyer all the time. Let's say I'm doing big moves and I have a lot of money. I would want to have a team of lawyers advising me because when an entrepreneurial mind is working, when you're just creating, when you're uh, going free with your mind, you you just don't want any handicaps or any any glitches in your uh, train of thought. And if you have a team of people 
as you're just going creative, basically like Lil Wayne, uh, Lil Wayne's way of uh, making albums. Um, you're just spitting in a microphone constantly and you do so much of it and eventually some good stuff comes out of that. So that's a creative mind and that's how creativity works. Right now, as I'm speaking to you, I'm, I don't have a written plot in front of me. I don't have anything prepared. I have an idea about what I would like to talk to you about, but there, is, there are no notes, there's no uh, script per se. And the reason I'm doing this is to practice my free thinking and free flow speech in a third language. I am becoming more and more proficient. I can feel this just doing this once a week for a duration of time is giving me more confidence in how to just let my brain go and start just trying to articulate my thoughts and my ideas. Um, it's just a practice-based thing. Now, if I was taking these ideas into action, that's where I would love to have a team of lawyers because I would be free thinking and trying to build a process or a system or some sort of an action where I have a team I can turn around and say, is this legal? And they say, yes it is, or it's not. Where it is legal, it's okay. You can continue thinking and build on that idea. Where they say, no, you can't do that, it's not legal, then they can give you advice on, but here are ways to go around things. And by going around things, I do not indicate any type of wrongdoing. Every rule book has its flaws. Every set of rules that are given to you has what lawyers call a loophole. Every set of rules do this. Like, here's an example. I worked for, uh, a, I've said this before, I worked for a bicycle company for eight years in the same position. My position never changed for eight years. So for eight fiscal years, I had to repeat a set of rules that varied from year to year and the changes in the rules were put in place in hopes to generate more revenue or to be more successful financially and these were called programs for this particular year this is what the program looks like and that those were like rules of conduct basically now Learning all the rules had one benefit. Not because it was going to make you more successful. It allowed you how far you can dance around the rules. You got to know where the line is so you can come close to it. Or sometimes you got to cross it to know where the line is. My... my um. One of my favorite mottos when I was working for the corporate is keep doing what you're doing until somebody says not to do it. And again, it's it's very uh, unharmful way. Like I thought, I looked at the rules every year 
And then I picked and chose what part of the rules I was going to enforce in my territory and what part of the rules I could be lenient about. Here is an example. Uh, one year, uh, we were asked to grow 45%. I repeat, we were asked to grow 45% more than what we did the previous year. I'm happy to say I did grow 45% that year and just to be asked to grow another 35% the following year. And I hit that goal as well. Not because I was great at what I do. I had a good relationship. There was enough product and then I knew the rules. And I also knew my customers. But knowing the rules allowed me to create deals between myself and the customers without breaking the rules. Beginning of the that second growth year, the 35% growth year, we were told that um, there was going to be some sort of restrictions in, as far as like the, the credit issues between our company and the client and the credits were going to be issued by the office itself rather than previously, we would write the credits, say a product came out of the box as a lemon. So you would either send it back or credit the account. Um, and if you send it back, you got to credit back the shipping and make sure they get the new uh, product, the replacement product without uh, any cost because it created a convenience. You messed up, so you're fixing it. And by writing these small like shipping credits and this and that, you could kind of soften the conversation and made the um, client feel good about it. But that strictly, uh, it, it had its own rules, like certain amount of credit would just be automatically uh, approved. But if, if it was greater than a certain amount, you know, someone upstairs needed to approve that, ask some questions, because it's a large amount. But, you know, small stuff like shipping or small parts credit, those were being just automatically approved and it would just go through the system. Now, that quality, that, that, that talent, that skill set was taken away from the reps going into grow 35 uh more percent on the top of the 45% that you grew last year, year. And uh, so we, did, we, did, we didn't have any credit capabilities. Credit was going to be directly dealt, dealt with through the, um, the headquarters. So now I'm going into the uh, new year without this uh, tool of writing credits. I can't make up for things if we mess up. If I mess up or if, you know, something in the process, something falls in the cracks and then I can't, I don't have that tool anymore to make things good. Also, some deals would be made with that as well. Hey, you know, if anything happens, I can give you this much credit towards the end. Like say if the product doesn't sell, I can give you a certain amount of credit so you can put it on discount without losing your margin. These are, again, not my genius. I just know the rules. I learned the rules. And that's the beauty of knowing the rules. 
you can bend them. That particular year, going into the 35% growth year, um, I looked into the demo bike procedure. And the demo bikes were uh, bikes at a certain price or up would receive a certain amount of discount if the shop was buying the bicycle to use it as a demo bike. Like say to rent out uh, as a mountain bike or a road bike in their neighborhood or in their town. So that will create an experience with the end user and our brand. So we had a program like that. Now, since I didn't have the um, credit tool, I thought about this. I, th I started a mini program inside of a program and I said, hey, if you agree to buy this many bikes or this amount of dollars worth of bikes, I can give you a handful of bikes at demo pricing. It was 100% legal and it's 100%, it was 100% within rules because nothing in that procedure was changed and there was nothing, nothing pending to make that thing trigger. Nobody had to approve it. It was all in my hands. And it was, it was a tool for me to either, like because when you're selling something, you have to create a financial benefit to the person that you're selling these things to. That's the fundamentals of sales. Like whatever you're selling has to create a financial benefit to your client. I'm not talking about end user consumer relationship. I'm talking about from distributor to brick and mortar. Knowing this rule, I knew it was essential to create some rules around this to make it more financially acceptable for the client to buy that many bikes. Again, that year I'm crushing it. About two weeks before we go to the um, before we go to the sales meeting, I get a phone call from the headquarters, and they're like, "Hey, Engin, what we noticed was." A lot of the reps are using the demo program to cut deals. By the way, I told all my rep friends that this is what I was doing. So they implemented that in their territories as well. Because they were all bummed about it. Hey man, I lost all my uh, capability to write credits and make deals. So how am I going to be the good guy before... I can start the conversation because every time as a client, as a salesman, you walk into a client's work, the first conversation is the problems the client has. They want those resolved before they can enter in a mindset, are they going to spend any more money with you? And if you're the person who have no... Um, capabilities and no control over how you can soften things and make things better, fix problems. It's very tough to enter that conversation to make them spend money with you. Especially if your competition is a much better company and they're easier to work with 
because people don't want to work hard. So if they're going to buy a product and sell a product, they are going to choose to work with a company that is the that is the easiest to work with. So if you're not making your comp, uh, if you're not making your customers' life easier and making them work less, they're going to choose to work with other people. This is what I learned. Come back to our fearless leader with his new um, press secretary. He doesn't have to work anymore because she's doing a much better job handling the toxic media environment that is present right now. Because media has been a terrible influencer in this pandemic, in this particular environment we're in. And I think the fear-mongering, the, the gaslighting, the um, oh my God, the end of the world is near arguments of the media is somewhat planned. It favors somebody. This is not, I do not believe this is out of the good heart of the journalists because the facts don't check out. The, 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 um, none of these things check out. They talk about masks are extremely uh, vital, but then I go outside and I look at people using their masks in so many different ways and in so, in such wrong ways. Nobody's educated about how one of the masks really work. So having your nose out or your lips out, you're on the phone with the shit dangling off of your ear, that, I'm not harsh on the people <clears throat> because I'm optimistic. When I see that kind of um, misuse of masks, it tells me that masks really don't have any attribute of this spread or not. Here is an example. <clears throat> Yesterday, we went to golf and we were hoping to rent clubs and a cart and have a nice day among the redwoods the clerk at the golf club said because of the pandemic we do not rent out golf clubs anymore i said what about the electric carts he goes those are 30 dollars a day so it's not okay to um touch the clubs but it's okay to just grope the electric car. The masks are being half used or wrongly used. We're all touching the same thing going in and out of a store and nobody's wiping that. I'm not saying they should. But the inconsistencies in this protection tells me that there isn't anything to protect yourself from. And not necessarily, excuse me, <clears throat> not, you need to protect yourself, but this is not the way to protect yourself. Um, taking privileges away is not to protect people. 
Taking freedoms away is not a way to protect people. Teaching people how to protect themselves perhaps is a good beginning to this. It's a good starting point. How can you protect yourself? Perhaps, yes, watch those hygienic rules. Wash your hands. Be careful with hand-to-mouth maneuvers, which are extremely difficult habits to break. Extremely difficult. But, or another difficult habits to break or create is go exercise, eat well, consume positive things because it's garbage in, garbage out. What you watch, if it's always horror and grim, your mind will be programmed in, that, in such fashion and you're gonna become this person who's scared who's unhealthy and who constantly feels under some threat. And I now found out also this week that some people's U.S. citizens find the American flag threatening. If you live in a country and you find your own flag threatening, and remember, you were born and raised here. I arrived later. You were fortunate to be born and raised here and you are freaked out by your own flag. I hope, I hope God will give you the strength to think about that. What kind of paranoia you're going, you're, you're running with. Why that flag really bothers you or you can choose to have a bad perception of a person because they are using the American flag. Some people uh, speak of prejudice in this country, but the people who speak of prejudice are some of the people who demonstrate the behavior, behavior of prejudice the most. Everybody has a prejudice towards people. Everybody does, but most of them are baseless. When you really get close to somebody and when you have a good conversation with someone, things change. And trying to... When someone is winning, when someone is doing well, if you're not cheering that person on when somebody's doing well. Look into that as well. Look into that as well. This is what we're experiencing right now. Everybody is so busy trying to attack the president rather than help out. And when I say don't help your president, you're not helping your community. You're not helping your community. Well, how are you helping your community by screaming bloody murder? How are you helping your community by calling the other ones morons, retards, um, low lives, ignorant? How are you welcoming people into your life? If you run around going, I don't have a second for that person because I think that person is this and that the other. 
How can you preach some sort of superior behavior when all you do is judge? Don't be afraid of your flag, America. It's good to be an American. If America diminishes right now, where are you going to go? What do you think what's going to happen to you? You think people are going to open their arms and say, come on right in, we've been waiting for you? If that's what you think, you're wrong. That's not how it's going to be. So become more open. Become more loving. Take as much as many people that you don't know in as possible. Those will bring color to your life. Don't stick around with the same. Because the same says the same. And things <clears throat> stay the same. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. My name is Engin Yashili Amish, and this is Book of Engin.